Hi, everybody, for a special uh, edition of uh, Bros Banter. And today we are talking about eSports, eGaming. We are with Lee Hughes from the company React. Boys. Welcome. So tell us about your company, how it came all about. React Gaming Group. Um, I actually got involved in the company as an investor to begin with. I was very interested in the disruptive nature of just eSports in general. It's taken over significantly during COVID, the household for many people, um, all ages, doesn't discriminate it seems. And, you know, it's obviously, it's fresh out of the gate in terms of being able to invest into it as a, as a normal retail investor, of course, but I think over time it'll mature and become something, I think it's just going to be an investable asset in general. Uh, React is an interesting one. We have an ecosystem which is trying to cover off as many touch points as possible. We have a team, we have a, a betting book, and then we have a tournament platform. So we have three different assets that sit underneath our roof and they're all great assets. I think more importantly, you know, people have rushed into the space, have been trying to work out what the model looks like, how do we make it work? How do we make it profitable? Some have succeeded, many have failed, but I think that's just because of the, the early immaturity of the space in general. Um, we're a little bit more advanced and mature than most because, for example, our betting books are five, six, seven-year business audited by KPMG and it's been built from scratch by, you know, who we acquired it from and that's loot.bet. You know, we obviously stand out a little bit because of that. We actually have a cash flow business, which is which is nice, you know, it's generating revenue and we're in a, in a growth phase, which is really exciting. And I think uh, the, the thing is that most people don't realize how real e-gaming is. It's, it's used to be like maybe 10 years ago was skirting in the peripheries and it was, you know, you'd hear people, oh, yeah, I'm watching uh, these tournaments of League of Legends or I'm watching CSGO. And it was always like a little on the fringe but, you know, the people that were doing that were in their late 20s, you know, early 30s. And if move 10 years later, they're in their 40s and they're still doing it. But mm. it's no longer in the fringe. It's like a, it's a legit thing. It's yeah. a big business, yeah. You know, your Procter & Gamble's and your Unilever's and all their subset of brands are all involved accessing you know, the eyeballs because of just how big it is. Sponsorship dollars are flooding in, tournaments are increasing, professional leagues are expanding um, from, you know, Korea down to Australia, all the way over to Brazil, up to Canada. It seems to be getting very broadly covered now. It wouldn't surprise me if we if we see a, an ESPN channel that is specific to just esports, just like they did with PokerStars. That's right. You That's know, right. when poker came through and become out of the underground and all of a sudden is now just a, I, I couldn't even tell you the numbers, but I would assume it's probably in the in the billions, I would say, of equitable inventory for people to get access to to sponsor. Uh, esports is similar. You can see it going that way and trending that way for sure. Yeah, because it's something that's, it's a little bit like gambling when you, th well, like poker. Like you said, the poker is a great example because it's something that, you can learn to be gifted in that. You can practice. It's not. It's not like if you want to play basketball, and well, you know you're five foot uh, five foot six. Uh, chances yeah. are you're not going to make it. 
But esports, you know, it says it esports. It's, it's actually because I've been in it for so long. I've followed it. I don't know how to say it, but they they stro- strived, I guess, strived yeah. to make it a sport mm-hmm. through time, and that's actually what it really is now because you can actually bet on esports now. You can bet on games, which you couldn't back then, and it's. I mean, it just validates the fact that it wanted to get to this point. And the sponsors that were there from the beginning, they're even bigger now. Yeah, yeah. And But there's one thing that you talked about. Okay, loot bet. So that's your playbook. That's the gambling aspect of it. Now, I'm not a gambler myself. Okay. <laughs> I like the idea. I'm just, you know, honestly, I'm too chicken shit. <laughs> and I will always do probably the most stupid bet. But... I know he gambles on it because he actually has that rigor of following teams, doing stats, doing doing his homework. You well, know, for, for for any anything you can bet now, especially gaming, since it's all digitized, everything's online. Stats are online. The stats are being built. So I'd say it's probably even easier to bet on esports than it is on technical sports, where you're relying on on somebody that's playing that sport. You could be you could be having an on day, an off day. Same thing for esports, but at least you can actually quantify those results. I mean, there are sites for for statistics on these guys. Sometimes it's five against five. You can tell if it's the same team of five that are playing against another team of five. If it's the same guys and you look at the previous matches, because again, there are leagues. I mean, you can find those stats and you'll be able to sort of, you know, build your own statistics on if you, or at least your odds on if you think those that team will win on that day, depending on how they performed in previous tournaments. But it's great. I mean, I, I, like you mentioned, during the pandemic, I, I, I couldn't find enough time to do, I mean, I was bored. Yeah. I was bored most of the time, so I just found out. I was like, okay, I can gamble on, on CSGO, which I hadn't played in like 10 years. I was like, okay, well, I'll look up the teams. Oh, my God, there's a website that has all the teams. I can find the stats. This is great. Yeah. I mean, it's like trading at that point. Yeah, I agree. It's, um, it's certainly captured attention over the COVID period. People were bored, like you said, I think, and we're looking for – for other things to do to take up that boredom. But, um, you know, our business is really simple. We're just trying to get as many access. We're trying to access as many touch points as we can of the space, whether that be a a typical, um, you know, just a peer that wants to come in and, and, and do what you did, just watch a tournament, learn about it, to engaging with your friend in a tournament that you can create yourself online and play it or you view it or go and participate in gambling the professional leagues, of course, is, you know, another interesting opportunity. But, you know, our assets are, are very defined and they're very unique in their own right and we're taking advantage of that. And we want to th- hope to think that we can be in a position some, some stage next year where we're, we've actually worked out the model for it to be cash flow positive, which would be great. And you also have a – you, you got an actual team. Yeah, Parabellum Esports is our team. They're – they're not a professional, like top tier team, but they they certainly sit amongst some of the lower circuit um, rosters, and actually we're seeing some of the kids that have been playing and their kids um, graduate to stronger leagues from there. So they're they're kind of being used as a bit of a stepping stone, which is which is a good thing. Um, gives everyone a shot to go from you know, a bit more of a lower experienced environment to then getting into the big leagues eventually with a bit more experience up their belt. Um, and they're doing a lot of good things, actually. They had a really good year this year, Parabellum, in Canada. Actually, had a very good year, which is good. Um, but again, it's content for us too, but to utilise their 
they've got a great content strategy, so we get to utilize a lot of that to then, you know, spread across our other assets. So we're still working all that part out at the moment. 2023 will be a big execution year for us, actually getting all the assets working together and cross-pollinating and, like I said, just getting access to as many touch points as we can, which is important. I, I tend to agree, and I think you guys have <coughs> all the right tools, or at least, like you said, the right platforms to actually create something that's probably going to be bigger than anyone can has ever seen it, I, to my opinion, at least, because you seem to have three three parts of the equation that are, I'd say, valuable. Well, yeah. let's clarify those three parts because, okay, so we have React, which is, you know, the mothership. You know, that's where... The parent company. The parent know. company. And then the then you have, uh, what, Compete.gg, uh, which is... A tournament platform. Tournament platform. And what does it do? You can invite any uh, anybody? You can create you can, your own... You can create tournament. your own tournament. You can... Um, sign up and play against each other if you want on there. Um, you can simply just sign up and, and view other yep. people playing. Um, there's going to be a lot more different functionality co coming down the pipe on that one soon as well. Um, of course, they've been able to get you know API into Riot Games and a few other ones. So we're doing it legitimately. Um, soon enough, we'll be able to have sponsors coming on and creating their own sponsored tournaments, which is which is awesome. So then we can then start to bring in influencers. That's right. Maybe that are relating to maybe some of the sporting platform games that are out there, like your FIFAs and your NBA 2Ks and the list goes on. And then we actually start to create quite an interesting experiential environment for people in esports, whether they just want to go in there and view or they want to, you know, just they want to create their own content or they want to be able to actually participate against their buddy or someone else that they don't even know from somewhere else in the world becomes a cool system. Um, customer acquisition for us is most important thing and that typically covers off nearly everyone that wants to have any involvement in eSports eventually. Mm. Yeah, And then of course we've got loot.bet which is our betting platform that we like we explained before and then our team. How many them. users do you have on loot.bet? Uh, we've had up to 500,000 active users at, at one go. Wow. Uh, it has in its history, yeah. It's, um, it's been very well utilized, especially in, in parts of Europe, um, uh, the Philippines and, and other sort of more serious esports. Big gaming during this sense, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, we, our, our job now is to, is to open up new revenue streams for it and, you know, make sure that we're compliant at the same time and then increase that user base. The more users, the, the more betting handle and the more cash flow for the business, which ultimately is what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. Now, we've touched on the gaming, but a question for you, what's your what's your background? How, how'd you inherit this? And at the same time, I mean, what's your background to take this to the next level? Because like you said, you just walked into the situation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm from Australia. I live in Canada now. Um, you poor bastard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, I, I'm comfortable here. I, I find it uh, a unique um, startup environment for for early stage business categories, let alone businesses. Um, I had a, a marketing agency in Australia that was able to work across all sorts of different companies, from CPG to mining to listed private startup, you name it, different brands, different shapes and sizes over a long period of time before coming here and, um, you know, helping another startup back in the day get get itself mature and, uh, and acquired. 
um, you know, I saw this space as something that I wanted to get involved in, not necessarily as an executive, but certainly as an investor, which I which I did initially here, and uh, and you know have helped over its short period of time whilst being in esports. Uh, we're trying to create this esports ecosystem to help where 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 required, and then got asked early in or middle of this year to maybe take over the reins as a CEO to help it take it through its next phase of its growth strategy, which that's the part that I'm more excited about is getting that strategic framework together to actually have a business that we're seeking to achieve to take it to the next level. Uh, we're at that precipice now where it's we need to invest to grow um, and, you know, we're going through that life cycle now. We've gone through growing pains and we continue to do that like every startup will always go through. But, um, you know, I, I certainly am trying to accelerate my learning in esports every day because I'm not a gamer, but I certainly understand disruptive technologies and how they can be very, you know, attractive and investable as well uh, to most investors over time. And uh, you also have a background as a professional athlete. So does that, like in your role as uh, you've, that you've been parachuted in as a CEO, you know, does your background in uh, like being a professional athlete well, help yeah. you because I, you know, sporting you culture in Australia is very similar to Canada, to be honest, and also America. You know, I think it's part of our our DNA to be involved in sport in some capacity. Um, you know, I, I, I guess I find sport as a pretty important part of life, uh, especially how it you know can create discipline um, as a as a unique part of life. As whatever stage of an athlete you are, or even if, even a participant at all in general, you know, obviously I, I played mostly team sports. So operating in a team environment, which esports is, of course, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty important to to take those values into into a working environment as well. But you know, discipline at the moment for us is very important because capital is is hard to. Um, the markets are tough right now. Yeah, capital is hard. It's hard to attract capital, and it's and most of the time it can be expensive. And you know, taking that into account, you want to make sure you've got controls in some respect of your actual business itself. Which is why for us, it's really important. We want to just create a cash flow positive business, so that if any economic um, condition takes place that isn't in our favour, we're just going to continue to survive because we have a, a thriving business. And then when things turn, sentiment turns in the market, you know, hopefully we're one of the ones that goes first with it, you know? Mm-hmm. I tend to agree. And it's funny because, like, um, uh, we're looking at these emerging markets, like emerging companies and, like, eSports uh, is an example. And it's something that the previous generation that are sometimes at a more financial secure space to invest, that it's it's a little bit out of touch for them. And I, I was wondering, you know, how do you deal with that challenge of meeting a potential, you know, investor in his 50s? And then he, you have to explain, okay, this esports is real. Yeah. This, you know, have you had issues or is it? Yeah, it certainly has its challenges. I mean, I, I tend to, with this business, like to talk about the fundamental aspect of it though, which is, you know, important because most smart investors 
doesn't matter what category it is, if they're if they're smart and they base themselves on fundamentals, then you know the the, the metrics are still the same. A low customer acquisition cost, high average revenue per user model, which we tend to try and operate, is 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 a is a nice way to to start the conversation. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, and then you've obviously got to you got to give the background behind that. But um, yeah, it certainly has its challenges. I mean, me in particular too. I'm still learning every day about the space, and it's hard to keep up with how fast it's moving. So yeah, I'm learning as I'm explaining most of the time too. So it's good. But in in saying that, I think most people on the planet are one degree separated to someone that loves a video game. That's true. Mm-hmm. Or that's played a video game. And then, of course, might love sport too, and, and might like having a punt in Australia, as we say, on on a on a sporting team. So then you, you sort of put those two environments together, and people then start to work it out. Yeah. Well, well, if people just take a minute to remember, every time after either Black Friday or Boxing Day, the lineups for when Sony or Microsoft comes out with a new console, uh, how long people are there in line? Uh, I mean, and how long those lines are. Gives you a good idea, and especially how how those units, whether it be a an Xbox or a PlayStation, they go on back order, and for for how long? Hmm. That should be a pretty good indicator that it's a growing yeah. sector. Hmm. And then the only logical step to that is that you're gonna want to bet. I mean, people do it every day when they're golfing, when they're playing tennis. I mean, it happens. You'll put a you'll put a beer up. You'll put five bucks against your buddy, and now doing that online. I mean, it's hmm. just the logical step. So, but you did mention one thing throughout the whole podcast and this i think is the key word is disruptive yeah <laughs> disruptive technologies i mean that if i'm an investor that's the word that catches that catches my attention because i mean i think we all know when you're in the, when you're disruptive in a market usually that that equals success would you agree um i find that disruptive categories or tech is suited for not all investors because of course the risk profile um, increases uh for me a disruptive i love investing in disruptive spaces whether that be a particular niche of a biotech space or 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 i mean can we went through the cannabis phase here in canada and you know it was new and everyone rushed in um but here uh, i find that there is some serious longevity in this one you know um You've got the Middle East coming out, or Saudi coming out recently, saying they want to be the the esports mecca uh, for the world by 2030, and released 26 billion dollars of sovereign money to invest. I believe it. Um, so you know, like there seems to be a lot of longevity. You just got a YouTube, I don't know, uh, a Korea esports tournament. You'll see them 80,000 in a stadium watching you know, kids in the middle of it play games against each other. It's Cheering them on, we're merchandise too. Yeah, it's fan- yeah, it's fanatical. So, I I can't see it going away anytime soon. Um, and of course, when you start to mention brand names like, or conglomerates like Unilever and Procter and Gamble and every brand that they own under the sun taking some involvement from a sponsorship participation or activating particular concepts within, um, it, it's pretty safe to say that it's. The space is here and it's not going anywhere. So that's kind of cool with, with having a disruptive space that's immature, but it's pretty much here to stay. From the cusp There's a lot of things that are going to take place, a lot of ancillary techs and things like that, tech companies that will take advantage and do well, I think. Yeah, yeah. When you think about it, it's, uh, it's like going back the clock because today 
Elon's just pretty much closing Twitter. No, no, he's taking it private. Taking it private. Taking it private. Yeah, no, I mean, he's he's closing the, you know, he's closing it, taking it off the market. He's saving it's his. free speech. Exactly. But you wind back the clock when Twitter started in 2005. You know, was it 2005? Something around that era. Early 2000, yeah. Yeah, and the, you know, people were like, ah, no, 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 no. That was like the cusp of social media. And everybody was expecting it to disappear. And you were 15 years later. 44 billion. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, you know. that, that's, how, that's how much Twitter went for. So, it, I mean. <laughs> but it became here to stay. And I think that's uh, where, where we can relate it to esports. It's 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 here to stay it's it's a yeah. thing even though we're not realizing how far we will be able to go down the rabbit hole in like 10 years esports i have no idea where it's going to be it's 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 actually kind of frightening it's but uh, i wanted to touch one thing before we sign off you're going to mexico yep so what's uh, what's in mexico yeah there's a uh, besides diego's family yeah there's there's a really um, a big Esports convention on next weekend in Mexico City. Uh, it's it's Latin America uh, as a whole. So the, I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be everyone coming from you know Brazil all the way up to Mexico and getting involved. Yeah, we're going to be uh, just there as a participant, uh, viewing the landscape. You know, we're opening. We're, we're wanting to get into multiple different markets as a business. Latin America, we've identified, is certainly one that is. Um, is interesting and it's it's certainly it's 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 buzzing right now and yeah i want to go and see what it's all about i haven't been able to actually physically step inside a, an arena to watch uh, an esports tournament so I'm, I'm pretty excited about being able to do that down there uh, to see how it all works and how it all goes but um you know investment capital is flowing into the space so there's going to be no doubt a lot of vendors and issuers down there that are that are trying to um do what we're doing as well and, and get some market share in a new market being Latin America. So that's what we're up to. We're doing that um, next week. That's pretty cool. That's yeah, really cool. I you think know. you'll be blown away. I, 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 I mean, like I said, I've seen the progression from show to show and it just gets better, bigger, more sponsors. Yeah. It, it's, you want to bring him? You know, he'll, he'll be your fanboy. You no, no, uh, but I, 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 I'm saying, like I said, I, I love the sector. I love the progression. I mean, you, you remember, I used to play in the basement and I used to compete for like 5,000 bucks for a weekend and I have to, you know, 24 hour game for the tournament for 5,000. The prize pool now at some of these shows Jeez. is like a million dollar for a team of five. I mean, Jerry Jones from the Cowboys, the owner of the Cowboys owns a professional gaming franchise, Complexity Gaming. I mean, it's huge, it's huge. So, I yeah, mean, you're right. I, I remember. I remember when you were like a hundred pounds lighter. And that's like, right. That's this, right. This, this, this I, used, I, I used to think it was the game. That's it. Yeah, I, yeah. But it, it. Mom, kid, leave me alone. I'm playing Counter Strike. <laughs> but kids are making money out of it. Yeah, that's that's the difference. Is that back now? If that happens, he's not just saying, "Bob, leave me alone. I'm playing Counter Strike." It's, "Mom, leave me alone. I'm making bank." That's <laughs> right. I'm making my career. Well, <laughs> awesome. So these are our sponsors. They're Domaine Bertillon. They're in Saint-Jean-sur-Richelieu, which is about 45 minutes away from here. And the uh, microbrewery. This is a... It's probably 10%. 11.9%. <laughs> so, so, so let's get Lee to try this out because Domaine Bertillon actually... 
likes us to try these out and they're, they're always trying to get feedback. So let us know what you think because we think the beers are awesome, but they want honest feedback. So feel free. Mm. I mean, we're a, we're a beer drinking country down in Australia. It's got some flavor to it for sure. That's, that's it's very good. thick. Whoa. It's pretty good, actually. Yeah. It's pretty good chipotle. At all. It's got a little kick at the end. It does, yeah. Not bad at all. Uh, well, Merci de l'inversion. Before we, uh, we, uh, we head off, right now you guys are doing a financing. So if somebody was interested in investing in your company, yep. how we go about um, There's plenty of ways, actually. You can, you can, one, you can just find us online if you'd, um, and just contact us through our website. Or as a reporting issuer in, in on the TSX venture, there's you can you can Google in many different websites and, and find us and then connect with us that way, or through you gentlemen, if there's right. a viewer that wants to go through the boys, hunt me down. Um, but no, look, we're we're certainly welcoming new new investors into the into the uh, into the company at the moment. You know, we feel like it's the right time. And if anyone wants to get some exposure to a, an esports business that's got a very attractive offering, then we we'd like to think that we're one of those. So hey, so so maybe there's some uh, some gamers out there that Why not using your platform, betting on your platform, and now they got the opportunity to share the best. Yeah. So on that note, thanks a lot, bro. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks. See you next thanks, time. boys.